0: Is awesome. I and mean, why don't we stand together? Let's sing Overtake Me. start And we're going to go to prayer at this time. Brother Joe Gindo, could I ask you if you would come, please? Open the service for us in a word of prayer. There is a request that we would please remember our sister Sherry Kukon, who's home tonight with a fever and a bad cough, just asking for a touch from the Lord. I know there's sickness going through the congregation. Enemy's not too pleased with the weekend that we had. We just ask that God would grant healing to those in need of it. Amen. If there's a need on your heart, we know he sees every upraised hand. Would you come, please, brother? Thank you.
1: Precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, it is once again, Lord, it's a regular Wednesday, Lord, but it's genuinely a privilege, Lord God, to be in your presence, Lord. We value your presence. We value your word. That's what we're here for, oh God. After such a great weekend, Lord God, at camp, Lord God, we're here to testify, Lord we're here to spend some time in your word, some time in worship, Lord God. We just want to pour out everything that we have, Lord God, in worship to your name, Lord, as we sing a couple more songs, Lord God as we worship your name, Lord Jesus. We just want to remember, Lord God, Sister Monique, Lord God, in the hospital tonight, Lord Father. I pray, Lord God, there's, there's been so many prayers that have been going up, lifting up her family, Lord Jesus. I pray that they would be encouraged in the faith, Lord, tonight, Lord Father, knowing that our God is a healer. Oh God, you have been healing so much, Lord God, and You we've seen you do it, Lord God. And we have faith for this family, Lord God, because they have faith, Lord, and we join our faith with them, Lord Jesus. I just pray for tonight, Lord God. I genuinely pray, just ask, Lord God, that you would put it in we put this tonight in your hands, oh God. Oh God, that you would just continue, Lord God, to do the work, Lord, that you started, Lord God, at camp, maybe in some lives, oh God. And the, Lord, lives, Lord, young lives that gave their hearts to the Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for that, Lord Father. That is the greatest miracle that could happen, Lord Father. Pray you would just grow that into their lives, Lord. Make it the most valuable thing that they could ever ever think of, Lord Jesus. Pray tonight would just be a continuation of that work in these lives, oh Father. We love you, Lord Jesus, with all our hearts. Lord, we just want to pour out ourselves to you tonight, Lord. We open our hearts to receive you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. You may have your seats. We're just going to invite our brother Michael to come. As he does, why don't we sing, I speak Jesus.
2: Oh, I just want to speak the name of Jesus over.
3: be the name of our Lord Jesus Heavenly Father we have come to worship you tonight Lord your word is indeed healing as we heard this weekend Lord healing healer of the broken pieces what a theme Lord that it was throughout the weekend Lord suffering turned to glory Lord because it's by your word it's through the name of Jesus, Lord. No, there's no other name in heaven or on earth, Lord, that has power but the name of Jesus to save and to heal, to deliver, oh God, those that are locked and bound. Oh God, we have much to worship you about, much to praise you about, oh God. After seeing how you moved and dealt amongst us, Lord, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor, Lord, that how you tugged on hearts and how you dealt with lies and broke through the stony heart broke the crusty Lord layers away of those Lord Lord penetrated deep regions of the soul only your word can do this Lord Lord not man's words not nothing else but the word of God can do such as you've done Lord And so we give you glory we give you praise and honor tonight we thank you now in Jesus Christ's name Amen Amen. We love them tonight.
4: Amen.
3: It's good to be back together again. Still feeling the uh, effects of the weekend for sure. I don't know who else is. I am <laughs> I think I need more sleep still. <laughs> but I know there's some that are also maybe not feeling too well, so we just remember the congregations that Ryan mentioned. I know <laughs> we go to camp and it becomes a little bit of a melting pot. <laughs> just is what it is. So I battled through it yesterday a little bit, and I thought, my goodness, I got some knife shards going through my throat there yesterday, but today, we're good. Yeah. So I thought, man, maybe I could have a good excuse. <laughs> didn't, didn't happen. But we're glad to be back, Man, in the house of the Lord tonight. We'll have maybe just a bit of a different evening. We'll just see, as we mentioned, we love to maybe give an opportunity, see how the Lord leads tonight is to maybe see which, how the Lord dealt with d- different ones through the weekend and uh, we'll see how the night goes. But maybe we'll just turn in our scriptures to open the evening. Thank you, musicians. Appreciate it. Maybe a little bit of a thought tonight might seem not much of a repeat because I couldn't do that. That's not uh, even possible, but uh, maybe just a s- try and bring a thought to... Uh, not prod, but to encourage ourselves in what the Lord has done and maybe to give the Lord glory. It's going to take a little thought, Liberty Through the Flaw, Uh, like I said, maybe just a little bit of a similar thread there, a little bit of a note that I wrote after a service and so we'll just, uh, not to use the term regurgitate, but to speak about again what the Lord has done for us. That's a nature word. That's okay. God created nature. He created birds that do that. So that's okay. Don't get too offended there. (laughs) He created that. (laughs) I know some of you thought, whoa, that's a serious word. (laughs) All right. Leviticus 25 and 10 is where we'll turn. Sorry. Nice to see our younger sisters down in the front here. Not to put them on the spot, but I'm putting everyone else on the spot. (laughs) Leviticus 25 and 10, a verse we know very well from this past year. Lots of pages turning, good. Verse 10 says, and ye shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty. Throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. That's the part of the verse I'd like to just focus on tonight, to proclaim liberty throughout all the land, unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. Amen, and maybe we'll just turn all the way over to 2 Corinthians 3:17. short verse. Now, the scripture says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. Amen. Is there two or three here? The scripture says, Two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And the scripture says, Now the Lord is that spirit? And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So tonight, if he's here, yes. which he is, there's liberty. Yes. Amen. Amen. Let's just pray one more time. Heavenly Father, we have read a couple of verses from the Word of God. Lord, I pray tonight they wouldn't just be black and white letters on a page, Lord. But Lord, you would bring the life to the word. And Lord, you would bring indeed, Lord, your spirit of liberty tonight as we would rejoice around what you've done amongst us. Lord, and sometimes it's hard to even bring the words to express our heart. Lord, but you know the groanings and you know the thoughts and intents of our hearts. So tonight, would you speak to us, Jesus, we pray. Lord, we would go home and we would just our hearts would burn, Lord, as we would speak about the things of the Lord. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. You may have your seats tonight. Scripture tonight, we just used the very beginning scripture. We used a jubilee, indeed the 50th anniversary. because Of course, the scripture speaks about the jubilee year, the emancipation of slavery, in Israel said to proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. And I can imagine, my goodness, there had been quite a time as they were coming up to or approaching that time of, time of year or the 50th year, there would be some that waited and waited for that proclamation to come of emancipation through Israel. And I can't, I can't even really uh, uh, fathom what that would have been like as they decreed and said that trumpets would have sounded and liberty would have proclaimed throughout all the land. You imagine if you were in, in slavery and bondage for some reason or another, maybe in debt or some other reason, your house had been, it had been taken or whichever, but you now were able at the sounding of a trumpet, at the sounding of liberty, you were released. You were able to go back home. You were given back what you, what you had owned and possessed. Think about the feeling of that, the feeling of, of being completely liberated from, from slavery and from bondage. And so this was what this, this scripture is encapsulating. Uh, of liberty, and so when you think about liberty, uh, one of the first things that came to my mind is, as the, in the word liberty is the Liberty Bell. <laughs> Who knows what the Liberty Bell is? Everybody know what the Liberty Bell is? In case you don't know what the Liberty Bell is, I even got a picture for you. Just in case, there's maybe the odd hand that didn't raise. There's quite a few odd hands. So turn the picture on for me, please. There is the Liberty Bell for those that are not Americans. If you were American and didn't know the Liberty Bell, come and see me after. That's a pretty bad deal. <clears throat> So <laughs> this, this bell actually originated back in Pennsylvania, back in 1751, and it was a commemorative 50th anniversary, actually, uh, of some charter of privileges by William Penn. And, uh, and this bell was created for that purpose, and it speaks of the rights, the freedoms, and the values of people. It really actually spoke specifically of religious freedom. Is, uh, is one of the main aspects of it. And the, and the gentleman that it was commemorating had a kind of a liberal stance on different rights and, and enacting citizens, enacting laws, etc. Et and so they placed on the, the Liberty Bell, they actually placed this portion of Scripture, proclaim liberty throughout all the land and unto all the inhabitants thereof. And that's sitting there on the bell. You can't really read it, but it's at the top of the, of the bell itself. It was an iconic symbol, in the abolishment of slavery, and it went around even around the uh, around the country, and that's actually how it even got its name, the Liberty Bell. It was called something before that, something else, and it traveled even post Civil War to help kind of uh, you know help heal the wounds of the people and bring the bring the country together. Even a replica was made of this bell to to promote women's rights and so on and so forth. So this bell became an icon of liberty, and it was struck uh, you know numerous times, but. Unfortunately, the casters cast it wrong, and uh, through the course of time, they would strike the bell, and a flaw and crack would start to, to be created, and the bell rang its last clear note, apparently on a Monday, in honor of Washington's birthday, and it now hangs, irreparable, cracked, and dumb. It had been cracked before, but, and it had been sent, but it, it, uh, they tried to repair It gave out some nice clear notes, appeared to be in excellent condition after the repair, but it received this fracture of zigzag shape and completely went out of tune and has been left in a mere wreck and sits silent. The Liberty Bell has ceased to ring. Because of a crack, because of a flaw, because of a mar that hindered and is hindering its ability to make a sound. And I th- thought of the theme of camp, which was a very clear theme. I don't know if uh, I'd be the only one, but it started with, uh, on the Friday service, spoke of healing, very specifically, and the cracked bowls of, of our lives that hold the oil. But Andrew spoke of the, that oil of love and the mending thereof of the brokenness and the cracks. And then he went on to speak suffering becoming glory, and through the suffering and the mending of those bowls, though God was going to take that and bring it to glory, and then on the Sunday, speaking of after the glory to take you and stand, and take you and, and stand before His kingdom, the kingdom of the Lord, would, Jesus would take you as a trophy, and to, to hold you as a trophy, and so that being a theme of, of, the, of the meeting, and there was a lot of speaking on suffering, and cracks, and and such of our lives, and so I know a bit of a, a similar theme, but I'm wanting to, if I could sum it up in a nutshell, and I wouldn't say anything else tonight, uh, what I'm really wanting to, to convey from my heart. I couldn't even really put it on paper. I, I've struggled very hard this last few days trying to, trying to bring the thought of my own heart uh, even onto page just to help me walk through some notes. But if I could give you the core, it's if, if God is indeed healed, you and he's mended the cracks and he's taken your bowl as we heard through the services and and spoke so directly to you and he 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 took that the the suffering that you have you have endured the difficulties of your of your upbringing your situations in your in your in your life and and he's brought that suffering and and maybe still there but you're looking and projecting to the glory uh, that is that is ahead that god will bring out of it and I'm, i'm just saying through the mar through the crack through, through the, the flaw that might be there, because we're all, each of us, we have flaws, we're human, if that's not a surprise to you, but we're flawed, but through it, I pray that you could proclaim liberty. Amen? Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm desiring, Lord, through the crack, or through the mended bull, through, through the flaw that has been supernaturally healed, or, or the suffering, may you proclaim liberty tonight. Amen? Not sit back. I don't want you to sit back and, and just kind of revel in that area and say, well, you know, yeah, the Lord, the Lord healed that, or, or and, and He spoke to me deeply there, and, and, and you're able to kind of just move, you know, move forward a little bit. But I don't want you just to kind of slowly move forward. I want you to proclaim, proclaim the liberty that Christ has given you, amen, to testify of what He did. Amen? That's what I pray pray tonight. Don't let the scar or the the leftover remain or the scratch that's there in your pot, that really all you can see left is that. Don't let it hinder your walk forward. Amen? Let's walk forward. Let's run forward and proclaim liberty through Christ. Amen? I'm praying that liberty can ring out tonight. So I'm prepping you. I'm ready to hear liberty. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm keen to hear liberty ring out. Amen? If I could if I could uh, uh, as I say, uh, shoot your last water, shoot my last bullet uh, through my gun and just sum up the whole message. I'd say, "That big bell right there with a the crack. May you not be like that bell. Amen, it's still rendered useless. But God fixed your bells. God mended your bells this last weekend Amen He took that crack and he supernaturally glued it together You can actually weld bells together It's an incredible, very difficult process you got to know the alloys of a bell you got to know its makeup of the bell And God alone can knows the makeup of your bell He knew exactly what you needed this weekend He knew the word that needed to come across the pulpit this weekend To drive deeply and start to weld your bell back together He did that he brought your pot together. He welded it back together. I say, ring the bell. Amen. Let liberty proclaim tonight. Say, I'm free. Amen. Not me. You. <laughs> Amen. We're not an unmended bell tonight. So let freedom ring. I know there's even a song than like that, but it wasn't. Didn't really have the quite the. Uh, <laughs> punch that i wanted and so but i uh, maybe someone write another song with the same title with a good more punch to it let freedom ring needs to be a punchy song any of our songwriters out there please go for it so i say it's time to speak you know because sometimes you know we we all have don't don't get burdened down or 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 your your eyesight dimmed or or stuck at maybe the left toe the, the scar the remnants or what's left behind of a broken bowl. In fact, there's a Japanese art that, that they focus on taking cracked pots and they bring them back together to make them actually even better than what they were. And they take gold and they, they mend these pots back together. And so what, was, what could have been broken and unused or, or even looking terrible as they tried to glue together, they made it something even more beautiful. Amen. And you could, you're more beautiful mended together by the great potter. Amen. He took your pieces this weekend and brought them together and put it back with nice with gold and present you and say you're better than you were. Amen. Franklin Roosevelt was a four time pre- four time term president, but he was paralyzed at the waist down. I can tell you he didn't let his what you would maybe say a flaw or a mar on his body hinder him from going forward and doing what he what he desired to do. Many would maybe even know Oprah Rinfrey lived in poverty and abused and. Early childhood pregnancy and an infant that died and finally goes to school. Terrible upbringing, terrible life. I tell you, it didn't hinder her. Helen Keller, deaf and blind. Nine years old, she actually starts, she would hold on. She'd like to feel a cat or feel a dog as they bark or purr. So she could actually just feel sound. She couldn't hear it and she couldn't see and so she would then she would learn to read and learn to write. She actually learned German, French, and Latin. Yeah. <laughs> and I know English. <laughs> An alumni at the Radcliffe College, she became the first blind and deaf person to earn a bachelor's of art. Incredible. She didn't let her flaw hinder her at all. Not even by a long shot. Something inside of them drove them. And that's just a natural, really, a, a, an unbeliever. But there's believers that have also done that, or we could look in Scripture, I'm sure, many that, that moved past or moved through the, the, the flaw or the situations they were in. Some tried to, to you know, I'm not eloquent, as Moses said, and don't, can't really talk to people. And, and he might, you know, he could have just, you know, even talked back to God and saying, I have a complex here, I can't speak well, you know, these are my flaws. But they moved past that. Moses moved past that. Fanny Crosby was another blind person you can think of. and She wrote more than 8,000 hymns as a blind. In fact, she could recite 40 individual hymns back to someone transcribing them for her. 40 out of memory that she had just wrote. Incredible. Incredible. And what would seemingly feel like a flaw or a crack in her bowl... That, that she moved through, but she didn't just sit back. She moved past it and proclaimed the liberty that Christ had in her. Amen? She, 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 she used that. In fact, her flaw, if I could say it this way, her flaw spoke. And still speaks. To this day. Amen? Brother Branham, my, often how he would say he's not a preacher. I hardly have any education. Simple... You know, just uh, simple English, uh, Kentucky English of haints and and pulpits and, and all all that, and raised by an alcoholic family, r- abusive father in some cases. And here, here he could have he could have lingered on the on the on the flaws of his life, but never did he, amen. He he didn't he didn't he went past that. God used him f- through that, and in fact took those weaknesses and through the flaws. God used them for His glory. So I'm saying, like I said, if I could sum it very quickly, I'm saying what God did for you to mend your bowls, to bring bring an end to suffering, or bring a healing to some of your situations. But that's not the end of it. That's the beginning. It's the beginning for you to now go forward. God can take that and use it for his glory. To proclaim liberty through your vessel. Amen? Amen. But you need to give it to him. And David, my goodness, you could say flawed. Marred. Cracked bull? My. Self-inflicted in some cases. Of course, with Bathsheba, something he did, some of things not in his control, Saul and the different things that he went through. But David murdered Uriah and had a relationship with Bathsheba. You'd say that's a serious flaw. That'd be a a serious flaw. His position, though, did not change in God. He was still king. God saw what David would do. And if you look into Scripture, David's heart cried out in a psalm. And it said in a psalm, let my sentence come forth from thy presence. In all of David's flaw, in all of his situation, he still looked to Christ. His heart was always towards, towards the Word. And he said, Lord, let my sentence come from your presence. Amen? He accepted, he accepted some of the self-inflicted flaws that we go through. But David accepted and said, Lord, whatever it is, whatever I go through, he said, let it come from thy presence. And he took that, whatever it was, and it never derailed David's desire for the word. Never. It never. David never got derailed in his walk with, with, the, with the Lord. It didn't impact his spirit and say, well, forget it. I, you know, I've gone through too much and I, you know, look what I've done and my life is a wreck and all of that. No, no, he didn't. He said, Lord, whatever my sentence is, let it come from your presence but I'm still walking the word. I'm still living for you. And he took the consequence. He dealt with whatever it was, but it did not impact his desire, and it didn't change his position with Christ. Amen? And so it's the flaws. As we would know, if you're looking at flaw, of course, what brings to mind is in the cracks of our lives, maybe, that we go through, we think of masterpiece. Of course, the message that Brother Brown speaks of But I thought, you know, Brother Bram says it's the flaw that makes the masterpiece. We'd all be familiar with that as message believers. And I thought, well, if David was perfect, if there was nothing wrong with David, he never did a thing, spotless, zippo, nada. You know, you wouldn't really marvel as much. But it's because he went through all of these situations. Because he he was, if you could say, marred and cracked in certain ways and God had to bring him back together again and heal his pot as we heard over the weekend. Because of all that, we marvel. We say, wow, what a man as David. A man after God's own heart. Went through this trial, went through this suffering, went through Saul, went through this and that, his brothers, you know, all the different situations of his life. And you say, wow, what a masterpiece. Because of the flaws. Right? We can look at Brother Branham, and we can—if he was just top-educated theologian to the top. I mean, he knew it all. I mean, it would just he could speak so eloquently in whichever. It would be very different, but because he was so humble, so backwoods Kentucky, as one would say. And but that's why we marvel at it. We say, my, look what God did with a seventh-grade education and speaking things of the universe and of science that just blows your mind." Why? Because God was with the man, and we marvel at it. If it was Samson was a 10-foot giant that had muscles like this on each arm, you'd be like, well, of course he was whooping the Philistines. But then through a prophet, we find out that he's a two-bit nothing, that he can't even, he's skinny and scrawny. And then you say, wow, that's serious. We marvel because there's the flaws there. That make the masterpiece so great, right? And that's what Brother Brandon when he uh, speaks about Moses, the sculpture that, that uh, Michelangelo built. And as he created his vision, can you imagine taking a piece of marble and trying to bring out, you know an incredible image. I've seen it, actually, the real one in person. And you look at that and you say, "That is impossible to be marble. It's just impossible. It looks like the folds of cloth and all of this. But he started it with a block of, of stone he had to start chipping away something in his mind he had to you you can't just start it and then deviate halfway through like ah, I'm gonna change that (laughs) sorry there's no uh command z for the mac users control z for the windows pc users it just doesn't work it doesn't go oh there good there I'm back to square one on my uh on, on my rock no he had to have a vision in his mind of exactly what it was gonna be and start to chip and never deviate Never deviate because you'd have one chip off and it wouldn't be a masterpiece. So he starts to chip away. But Branham says many, many hard years of labor, how he had to hold the same vision all the time he was going to do. He had to hold the same vision all the time in his mind for so many years and make it look just exactly to what it was. Oh, God has held you in his mind all the time. He knew exactly what you want. He wanted in your life. He didn't make a mistake. He didn't come halfway and be like, oh my goodness, I just can't, now what do I do? I got halfway and I got to change it. No, he had a vision in his mind of what he wants you to be like, and he's been chipping all this time, never making a mistake, saints. You're his masterpiece, and he's been working on you. Amen. Michelangelo caught the vision first of how he, he had to work to that vision, cutting off and making down, he said, and he said when he got to where he perfected it till it really got perfect. He stood and looked and when he finished up that morning, he had his hammer in his hand and he was looking at that and he was so inspired, Brother Brownham speaks about it, so inspired as he looked back at that, at that masterpiece that he created and he reached his hammer back and he says, speak, bang, because it just, it, 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 it needed to live. He was, so, he was just so caught up. The vision had manifested right in front of him. He said, my, speak. Yeah. And he smote it and marred it. Oh, my goodness. You know, if it wasn't so, if, if, if it wasn't so perfect, he would have been like, oh, that's terrible. He'd never have, he'd never have done that. But because it was so perfect... Because the masterpiece, it was everything that was in his mind. He was willing. He cried out. He could he was, it, it was. It was just impulsive that he did that and struck it. And there he chipped it and made it indeed the masterpiece. But Abraham says, because he had seen before him what he, what he had been able to achieve to bring to pass in his mind. Therefore, under inspiration, he did something out of reason, out of ordinary. And he struck it and hollered speak. It was just so perfect. And Brother Branham uses that as a, as a, as a type, as he, as he would speak about another masterpiece, as we would know the, 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 the message very well. So maybe this is for our younger ones that haven't gone there quite yet. If not, go read Masterpiece. And God, Brother Branham, for sake of time, I'm just going to fly through as best I can. God making his masterpiece, he said, like Michelangelo, and he had a vision of his mind. And he At the garden struck Adam and pulled Eve out of him and, and struck the masterpiece and took a, par, a piece out of him. Then he said the great sculptor, we know that he fell in the garden that was marred by Satan. And he said he wasn't willing just to leave it lay there. Face down in ruin. He said so he went to work immediately to build it back up. He said that perfect image, the God-man, God and God Morphe. He said now he had changed from supernatural to the vision. And the vision was projected to the image. Seventh grade education. Ah, Isn't that beautiful? He said the image was smitten so the supernatural could taste the feeling of death, God's perfect masterpiece. He said he couldn't do it in Moses, he couldn't do it in the prophets, Isaiah, and different ones. He said he couldn't, they were stone, he couldn't do it, he couldn't feel it, they were just a portion of. Of him, but this perfect masterpiece, as God had brought him up through time to, to bring into, into, into image his, his perfect being, he, that he could project his entire being into the person and taste death for you and I. He said, then there on Mount Transfiguration, he came down and the Spirit of God came and said, Hear ye him. But our references that to saying that God was saying, Speak. He's saying, if he, didn't, if he wasn't going to speak, he says, why would he say, hear ye him? So he was going to say something. But he said, before he could speak, there must be a smiting. Must be a smiting before there would be anything spoken. And he said, finally, out of the perfect prophet, the perfect foundation, the perfect vision God had. And there, as, as Michelangelo would have stepped back, and out and seeing his, his the manifestation of what was in his mind. God also, Brother Branham, he said, step back. God stepped back and starts to look and see this perfect image of what was in his mind. Not all through his ministry, but there on Calvary, suddenly God stepped back and said, That's exactly. That's exactly what I've been but I've been trying to bring forward. That's that's my perfect image of who of who I want to be. And but he said, he said, now in order for him to speak, he's the word. And for the word to speak, he must come in to the image. He said, and then for the image to speak, it has to be smitten. And so God stepped back. And there on Calvary, you could see Isaiah's prophecies come to pass. And he was marred and he was rejected and not esteemed and bruised for our iniquities and such. And God would have stepped back and reeled and cried out, speak and smote him. But Abraham says that blood and water then flowed out of him. And what spoke? The blood spoke. There wasn't, it wasn't the voice that came out of Jesus on the cross, but when he was smoked, when he was marred, when there was a flaw placed on the masterpiece, the blood that poured out of him s- spoke redemption finished. Amen. The price is paid. The blood spoke your redemption. The blood spoke that your salvation plan, plan has been paid. The blood spoke out. As the scripture said, better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood, looking for revenge, but God, all He desired, His blood now cried, redemption's paid. My family can now come back to me, because that was what the whole plan was—was was so that something would be smoked. The masterpiece would be smote, so that He could draw from Him to Him a bride. Amen. Amen? He said, you're, "You are in Him." Amen. And if He wasn't smote. If there wasn't a flaw on the masterpiece, you and I wouldn't be here. Amen? It had to be flawed. It had to have a part come out. Because it wasn't just blood and it just wasn't water. But spirit also came out. And that's what entered into you and I. So that we could be part of him. Without the flaw, there wouldn't be healing. Without the flaw, there wouldn't be resurrection. Without the flaw, it speaks of resurrection and life, it speaks of healing, it speaks of joy. Brother Bram says the blood speaks of power, it speaks of life, it speaks of heaven. The blood speaks. Amen. That's what was speaking out of Calvary. Hallelujah. Said the smiting of Calvary, it released a voice. It liberated, these are my words. It liberated within Christ his spirit. So, why? So that it could come and enter a bride. There it was held up, the masterpiece there hanging. But without the smiting, it would not have been released. Liberty in Christ, the Spirit of Christ, was liberated from Him so that it could go into you and I. So that you could speak His words. That through, that, that through you and I, liberty would be proclaimed. Amen. 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 The flaw set at liberty, the spirit within him, so that it could come into you and I, so that through our b- vessels we could proclaim liberty. Amen. But Abraham says, right in the middle of the heart, the little place of the human being isn't in an animal, a little place in there? He said that not a, no, there's not a blood cell touches it or anything. And there's a, there and there is a human soul. And Christ speared through was speared through there that the blood cell was pierced, tore loose the blood cell, and set the Holy Spirit at liberty. Amen. So you think them were my words? Uh uh-uh. uh there were your prophet's words. It set the Holy Spirit at liberty. It was contained within him. But then the spear pierced his side. The masterpiece was marred. And out of him came blood, water, and spirit. Sent released and liberated the spirit to go into you. For God to call through there and bring believers through the blood cell back into fellowship again. Amen. It was through the flaw that released the holy spirit by the smiting to enter a bride and so i would say through your flaw through our cracks through through the areas of our lives god's going to bring himself glory through you Amen. your cracks mended healer as we sang multiple times of the broken pieces And as we heard, instead of suffering and hurt, we heard it would bring glory. This bride is not broken pieces. No, sir. The blood brought healing. Amen. But I say, let your life then speak. Tonight. I want to hear your life speak. I don't want you to look at the flaw. I want you to look at what what God's going to do with it. You can get so focused sometimes on our, our little complexities, our complexes. Brother Browning even talks about that spirit that got, was released, the Holy Spirit that would come into you and I. He said, he, he said it, it would overtake, or that's what we have, our sticky nature. We have the cockleberry, he said, but there's a wheat grain on the inside. It's the spirit of God that is inside. We've got to deal with our sticky nature. But inside of you is a spirit that can overcome that sticky nature. So I want to say let's move past the cracks and the suffering as we went through this weekend and the healing therein, and let's allow the bell to ring once more tonight. Amen. The bride was a piece of him that came off. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I'm on the, I want the uh, choir to come tonight, and they're going to sing a song. We're going to sing Chain Breaker right in the middle of service. You say, well, that's kind of weird, but that's okay, because you had chains this weekend, and he broke them. And then you were, you were bound, and he broke through the bondage. You were sick and needing healing, and he healed you. You were in pain, and he was a pain taker. Amen? Why? Because of flaw at Calvary. He came, and I want you to sing it tonight, and then I'm going to give you the opportunity to proclaim liberty thereafter. Right. So musicians and, and those, you can get ready to come, because we're going to go, go to that piece right here. But brother, I just wanted to, just before we move to that. The peace that came off of him was you and I. But Abraham says the smiting of Christ was for a cause, that he might take from him once one to be a family, the bride, that he might take him a bride. So when his masterpiece was perfected, then he had to smite it to take from him not another piece, not another creation, but the same creation. That part that was chipped off, the flaw will become back to the original again. And Brother Branham says, Michelangelo couldn't do that. Michelangelo would have stood there and regret maybe after him, like, oh man, oh, it's ruined. (laughs) And he might have wanted to piece it together again. He said Michelangelo could not reproduce that again. He couldn't put it back. But glory to God, this sculptor, he said, God's going to do it. He's going to bring this little bride that's smitten right back to his side, the original word. And then you're not living in flawed state all the time. You're not living with complexities and hurt all the time. There will be a time when the flawed masterpiece will come back together again, and it will be indeed masterful because only the sculptor can do that. And then he said, how is a bride going to do this? He said, how's the week going to do this? He said malachi 4 said in the last days it would be restored back and then he said i will restore saith the lord he will restore the hearts of the people he said malachi 4 is to bring back back to the original you say well why do we have such a focus on this message why is there such a focus on getting into the word and the message of the hour because that is what's bringing you back to his side amen he said, See, he said, the, the, it's, it's the bringing of liberty to this flesh. That's what it is. Malachi 4, and the message of this day is to bring you back so that this corruptible can be liberated. Amen? And it can proclaim liberty on that side of eternity. I see musicians and I see no choir. This is a problem. <laughs> so if you were singing the song, you can come right on up. Amen. Abraham says, see the bride speaks the same word as does the spirit. She is a word bride, proving she has the spirit. In every age, she, he hears these words. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit sayeth to the churches. The spirit gives the word, and if you have the spirit, you'll hear the word for your age as those true Christians took the word for their age. Amen. He says the spirit and the prophet and the bride will be saying the same thing. He says they're saying it now. Come out of him among her. Proclaiming, my words, proclaiming that there's liberty. Proclaiming there's freedom from bondage of denomination. Proclaiming that there's freedom from condemnation. Proclaiming that there's freedom from hurts and freedom from suffering. That's what this message came. So that we could proclaim liberty. In Christ Jesus, Amen. and so tonight, I wanted to give opportunity to let the flaws now speak. <laughs> the cracked bowls that were mended speak. That's the opportunity tonight, and we can give God all the glory and all the praise. So I wanted to sing as we turn to that side of the service and to bring you into a into a, maybe a different atmosphere. If you've got chains. He's a chain breaker. Go ahead, Lily. We can sing that.
4: Same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to fill the same holes inside. There's a better life There's a better life If you've got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's the way maker If you need freedom Or saving He's the prison shaking Savior If you've got chains He's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. And we've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. And we've all run as things we know that just ain't right. But there's a better life. chain breaker oh, If you believe it If you receive it If you can feel it Somebody testify
3: If you receive it, if you can feel it, then somebody testify. You proclaim it then. I don't need a call. I don't need to say one person, two person. If you're going to testify, you get up here and stand here and get ready. Because if you believe it, proclaim what he did for you. This count.
4: If you believe it. you. If you believe it. If you receive it. If you can feel it, somebody testify.
3: Come and testify. Brother Josh, you're up. You can go sit down if you need to, unless you want to line up.
5: Oh, it's Yep, good. Good evening. Um a lot of familiar faces out there, but <laughs> it doesn't feel very familiar. Um, I just wanted to share a quick testimony of uh, natural healing that I got at camp. Um, so uh for many years I've been lactose intolerant uh cheese milk ice cream the whole works everything just even just a little shred of shredded cheese will just set me off hmm. and uh bloating and gas and yeah anyways you don't need details but <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh yeah it's miserable so I carry okay. around like a bottle of like 180 pills of have them on subscription from Amazon that's the only way I can do it and yeah, every restaurant we go to, like, did you grab the pills? Like, oh, we have to turn around and go home. So it's just, it's been a trial. And, um, and I was coming into camp, and I had other things I wanted to be, like, I didn't. I started to live with that one. Yeah. I didn't really start to be, ever think about getting healed from it. Just started to kind of live with that one. And uh, so at camp, when Brother Andrew started talking about, like, healing and stuff, you know, there was other things I was thinking about that I needed healing from, but I never really thought about that one. And then um, Brother Andrew made a statement uh, I think it was Friday night, and he said, like, yeah, The devil knows if you can get your healing or deliverance from one thing, what that'll do to your faith, what that'll catapult it to another level. And um, so I think Friday night, we were in the lineup for a snack, and uh, it was, I saw pizza. And I was like, You got my pills? And she's like, No, I don't get your pills. And it was cold and rainy. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, I turned to her, I said, yeah, God can heal me from this, if he can heal anyone from anything. And she's like, I was praying about it in the service. I'm like, all right, let's go for it. So I grabbed one little slice of pizza, and we prayed. It was the most sincere prayer over one slice of pizza I've ever done in my life. And uh, so we prayed over it and uh, ate it and everything. And I was like, all right, nothing happened. I was like, okay. And Satan just started saying, like, you know, it's one slice. There's a lot of toppings, not a lot of cheese. And just, like, trying to check me. So Saturday night came around. There was, like, cheesy bread at dinner. It's like, you know, I was like, it worked last night. So I prayed again. And uh, ate the cheesy bread. Nothing happened. So after the service, there was a snack, sour cream. So I loaded the sour cream on. <laughs> and nothing was happening. I was like, man, this... I started, like, quietly telling them, I think I'm healed. Like, I'm, I'm healed. And then uh, Sunday, we were, like, coming home from camp, and we went and got some Mexican food. And then we went to a friend's house, and they had, like, pizza. So I ate, like, three slices of pizza, cheesy Mexican food, everything. Nothing happened. I was, like, freaking out. I started telling people in the kitchen, I'm like, I'm healed. Like, <laughs> and, uh, and then I got to my parents' house Monday night, and I saw the ice cream in the freezer. And ice cream was always the worst. And I started to, like, doubt in my mind. I was, like, man. I was, I was like, kept looking at the ice cream in the freezer, like, scared of it. And I just, like, I, like, I literally, I had to leave the room. I, I left the room, and I was, like, praying. I was, like, I don't want to doubt because I'm afraid of this. And But that one always was the worst for my stomach. So I, just, like, I was, like, you know what? So I, I snuck into the kitchen, got a couple of scoops, like, prayed sincerely, over the ice cream and just ate it and nothing happened. Glory. And since then, I've, since then, I've just like eaten half and half and cheese and everything, just totally fine. World and my world's changed. And what Andrew, brother Andrew, said was so true because I'd known God as like a savior, right. and I'd known God had all these attributes. But then when He opens another one to you, now I know Him as a healer. And it's just ever since then, my worship and my praise to Him has been so much more intimate. It's just another channel open, and I just want to thank the Lord. Glory.
3: So. Amen. Bless you, Josh. Thank you. Yeah, lactose intolerance, I, it's not a good deal. My, that's beautiful. The Lord, Lord healed you of your, of, your, of your foot a few camps ago. Amen. Amen. Lord has done a lot for you, Josh. God bless you. My goodness. Is really that the only proclamation of liberation? I don't think so. Well, oh, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Uh, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Right. So now put liberty with boots on. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. John.
6: Uh, I think Josh and I aren't even campers, but so be it. No, Here true. we are. <laughs> um, mine takes a little bit. Longer to explain, but I'm not going to go into all the detail. I'll just say that for the last year, there's been a lot of spiritual warfare that has gone on. And um, I didn't really even know to the extent that it was going on. Um, and the Lord, just through the ministering of the Word on Friday night, exposed everything that was going on and I didn't even know. I didn't think anything was actually Necessarily wrong with me, um, but I've had severe back pain for months, probably years even. Um, No injury. I just chalked it up to being tall and skinny and having terrible posture. But through the ministering of the word, I found out as Brother Andrew, he's preaching, he starts talking about pressure and he talks about suppression, oppression, and depression. And I'm listening to a minister and I'm like, Well, I don't have any of those, so that's not for me. It's for someone else. But then he says, he says, I had a 27-year-old young man come through the prayer line with back pain, no injury, and it was oppression that was afflicting him because of something that had happened. And he started to go into what oppression was, and he said, it'll come on to you, he goes, it's not that your back slid in, but it's a spirit that will come on because maybe some trust was broken, or something goes on. And you don't recover from it, and there's damage that was done, and you just don't recover from it, and you just start to feel oppressed. And there was a lot of hurt and damage that had been done that I had not, I guess, let go. And there was cracks, as he talked about, in my spiritual bowl that was not able to hold oil, was not able to, as he... You can go listen to Friday night, at an hour and 50 minutes is right around there where he starts to talk about, he literally describes everything I was dealing with. He says, you're not able to enter in like you used to. You're not able to trust people like you used to. You're not able to even just interact like you used to. And it's because of something that happened and it's just a spirit of oppression and it's caused you back pain. And I knew at that moment that, that he's, he's talking about me and... Um, I, I had no, no choice but to go up, and I, I just wanted him to, just to pray for me. Um, and he begins to pray, and then I stopped him, because I needed to tell him, like, what you said there. I had to clarify. I said, did you say a 27-year-old with back pain? He said, yes. And I said, I am 27 years old, and I've had back pain for years. And just leading up to camp, Probably three weeks of camp, it got to the point where I hardly couldn't even get out of bed. It was so, so bad. And uh, I just pushed through. Um, mm. And he sat there and he just like, he goes, son, he goes, that's, that's just the devil. That's just, that's just oppression. He goes, that's what it is. And he, sat, and he starts to pray and he starts to, just to cast it out and I could just feel the muscles in my back just, and it's just, and it wasn't an instant healing, but throughout the next several days, I just felt, whew, whew, and it was just like the breath of God was just breathing in healing after healing. So now I can stand here today and tell you I'm 100% back pain-free. But it doesn't stop there. It, it doesn't stop there because part of what was going on in that trust was not just anybody, but it was trust in the ministry. And what was going on was damage. That was Satan trying to prevent that trust in the ministry. And I don't even know what caused Brother Tom to come and pray with me, but he came and prayed with me. And it was so fitting because God had given me a quote um, just two weeks before that. And it was on February 9th, and I shared it with Brother Tom, and I shared it with Mike. And it was so pertinent to me because it was preparing me, and the date is important because it was preparing me for what was to come just three days later where we saw just Brother Bissell come, and he addresses the church. And there was a lot of transition that went on. And me as an individual who Satan wants to try and come and cause distrust in the ministry. God gives me this quote three days before. He says, you know, when you go to choose your pastor, usually the people choosing their pastor, they want a good mixer. Or we want a fellow that's sociable, that can do this and that. God don't call a man like that. God calls for separators. He says, come out from among them. He says, you take a lot of times choosing their pastor... I know you do it here. You've done it in America. They got all the Hollywood evangelism, little sissified boys. That's a shame to say what the truth is. And a lot of pastors are afraid to tell the people where they're standing on account of their meal ticket. Brother, what we need today is to take off your coat, roll up your sleeves, and preach the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't need a bunch of fanaticism. We need an old-fashioned, Holy Ghost, God-sent revival That's what the world needs. Not so much of this Hollywood carry-on. God calls the word right and the devil's wrong. Make it right and wrong. And he gave me that quote on a Thursday, three days before. And then when that time came, there wasn't even a question in my mind. There was full trust. And I was so glad that Brother Tom came there that I could tell him, I'm so proud to call my pastor And I have 100% trust in God and in the ministry to stand here today. And I felt that whole burden that was causing that back pain and causing that oppression just was gone in a moment.
3: Is anybody sitting in their chair that says, I don't know, I do know, I don't know, you have
7: 10 minutes? I'll make it quick. <laughs> so a lot of you know that um, I had back injury upon back injury a couple years ago that I needed surgery for. And um, back in 2021, after my surgery, I was at camp, at that camp, and I had debilitating pain in my back. And I went up and got prayed for, and God took it away, and it has never come back. But the devil, he's a sore loser. And so he has tried for the past 18 months, one thing after another after another, physically, just assaulting me physically, one thing after another. And every time God has healed me, God has taken it away, it's been great. But leading up to this camp, there was one more thing. The devil's like, nope, you're not going to get off that easy. So um, it was a pain in my foot that it was so bad that I couldn't stand, I couldn't sit, I couldn't do nothing. It kept getting worse and worse, to the point where I didn't actually know if I could make it to church on Sunday at the camp. Um, But through the ministering of the Word, through the camp services, you know, you you get tired after just, you know, running through the trials endlessly, you know, months after months after months. But um, thankfully, again... God is a healer, God is a pain taker, and I can testify.
3: Amen. Amen. He is a healer. The theme of the weekend. Somebody testify.
0: I don't like to do this because I can't usually get through them without crying. But I think some of you might have been expecting this after Friday's service. Uh, in the days leading into it, just as you're coming into a camp, and I knew I'd be song leading, I was thinking about what what would we be singing. And I haven't even said this to my wife yet. So, honey, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I was out of town, and I wasn't wanted to share this with you first. Um, but I was thinking, I thought, you know, I think we'll we'll start out with Healer of the Broken Pieces, as that was on my mind. And I was just thinking, I don't like to be that song leader that always talks before he sings something. Sometimes you have something on your heart. And it was just, you know, sometimes you just feel like there's something broken on the inside and you don't know what it is. And you feel like you just can't worship like you used to and you... Believe that you're saved, and sometimes you just go so low, and you hear the brothers preach, and then you wonder if you're saved because you you hear you know if you're saved you'll be in those tapes, and you can't wait to get to church. And sometimes you just go through this valley where you're like, it's so hard, and it's such a struggle. And I was just thinking, it's like I might just share a little bit, just briefly along, just say something briefly before we sing, and I did, but I didn't really go as far as I had originally thought because that's been where I've been at since 2014. It was the year that my mom passed, and. remember coming up for prayer with brother tim and just telling him like there's just there's something that just feels broken on the inside i just can't it's not that i don't love the lord it's not that i don't love the people it's just that there's i'm not i just can't the way that i used to i just can't enjoy there's just there's no happiness there's no joy and it's like lord where's the joy of my salvation and and it's been over eight years now and um and that continued all the way through this camp. And then as I just shared those few words before we sang Healer of the Broken Pieces, and then Michael made his comment about how knowing what the Lord was going to do and knowing the direction that Brother Andrew was going to take. And uh, I was in the back of the chapel, and uh, it was like he just, oh, God was just putting his finger on so many things. And he says, you know, when, you're, when your heart is broken and that little bowl of golden oil is broken, he says, and you can't, Um, the hunger is broken. He says, your fellowship is broken. And and he was just listing all these things. And never once did he say, you just need the Holy Ghost. He was saying, you just need a healing. You have a broken heart. And God just came down in such a supernatural way. And uh, afterwards, it's like, I have not felt this happy in years. And even driving away from camp, I had stopped to listen I didn't even listen to music anymore. It's just it was so hard to find music that, that I enjoyed. And music is my life, but I was just so frustrated with nominal Christian music and everything just bothered me. And I wasn't writing music. And, and as I was driving away from camp, just playing music and singing, and I'm laughing and crying and saying, God, I haven't been this happy in so long. So I just wanted to say thank you, Lord. I'm so grateful. And he's so mindful. Thank you, Mike.
3: Hallelujah. It's just for that, but Orion Camp's worth it all. Amen. The joy of our salvation. May the songs outpour.
8: Well, I didn't think I was going to say anything. I haven't been counting, but I haven't seen one camper up here.
3: <laughs> I'm not counting neither. <laughs> um.
8: But my mine is actually very similar to, to Ryan's, and I came into camp very excited for what, you know, just to be there. Bell and I were in the kitchen, we weren't counselors or anything like that. But um, as Brother Andrew was preaching Friday, he was talking about the the bowl, and then he he illustrated placing one on the pulpit. He said, you know, there's many ways you can break this. He said you can. Crush it. I could put it on the ground and stomp it. I could swipe it off of here and break it. And the Lord started dealing with me at that point because uh, there's just I'm a I sometimes internalize things and um, I don't always come out and just share it and you know but I sometimes internalize things and they just grade on me and grade on me and grade on me and then I'm just one day I, one day I just realize that I have a issue. (laughs) Um, But there's just been a couple of things just in life that have just been grating on me. And uh, and so when he started preaching about that and he was just going through that, I had been really enjoying the word up until that point and entering in, rejoicing, um, feeling God's presence. And it was incredible. And then all of a sudden it just was like everything else just it was almost like tunnel vision, like you're about to pass out, but I wasn't about to pass out. But it, it was just like me and Brother Andrew, and he was preaching, and he said, you know, God wants to take, he said, if you have cracks in your bowl, he said, grace cannot flow from your life. Healing can't flow from your life. But he said, God wants to take your bowl, and he wants healing to flow from your bowl. He wants grace to flow. He wants salvation for others to flow from your bowl. And at that point, I'm, I'm sitting there like, No, I don't have a broken heart. Wait a second. He's describing a broken heart, and it's what I've been going through, even though it's not the traditional broken heart, right? It's not like rejection or something. Um, But then I start to realize, you know, I have cracks in my bowl because he's describing exactly what I've been going through. And maybe it's an untraditional stomp or something. But uh, at that moment, I, I just gave it to God. And just like you said, Ryan, I have such a freedom from that, and um, and it just released for me. And uh, I have, and I walked away from camp with, you know, Satan. Still, those thoughts come through your mind, you know, and I'm just like, nope, that's taken care of, and that 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 those cracks are healed. And uh, I just want to thank the Lord for that.
9: Amen. Well, bless you.
3: Thank you for being the first camper.
9: <laughs> um, I'm going to try to make this fast.
10: Uh, last year, I had had a foot issue, and uh, my arch was too high, and it would cause pain. Like ne- It felt like needles were going into my foot. Um, Brother Andrew had talked a lot about healing, and I now feel way better without my insoles that I keep my arch up than.
2: Like with, so yeah.
3: She took strength from your testimony, Josh.
11: Well, this was my last camp as a camper. So I uh, was going to make the most of this opportunity. So um, going into camp, uh, I mean, our services the last two years have been absolutely amazing. And, uh, I've really been able to enter into the services and just worship the Lord. And, uh, once again, as camp comes around, you feel just the excitement and the freedom to worship is just off the charts. So actually coming up to camp, if I might share, uh, me and Jess had been talking and, uh, Jess had been saying like, uh, like I haven't really felt so much joy, um, in my walk with the Lord and I was like really thinking about it and uh, pondering and I mean we all just want like when you first get saved you have that desire to just like tell everybody and to just uh, yeah worship the Lord and um, we were talking I just said um, that David had talked and he said uh, said that um, the joy uh, to, to tell the Lord that to give him back the joy of his salvation and so it's not like if you don't have that joy, you're not, you're not saved, but it's just that desire to have that that, yeah, that burning inside of you. Yeah. And so we were talking, and um, we go to the annex. We're kind of just fellowshipping on that. And then the next day, um, we have this service. I think it was Saturday. And uh, the Spirit of the Lord just really fell down, and everybody w- was worshiping. And I was like, Lord, I'm gonna I'm gonna worship you and just like push through. And like when David danced in the spirit, like, I mean, that's what I want. Like, I just want to feel free.
2: Right.
11: And so we were just talking uh <laughs> the spirit of the Lord falls down and, and everybody starts praising. And then I I look over and I see Jess, and she was uh praising the Lord and dancing, and I was like like that made my heart so happy and just to have that the joy of the lord like even for me like to to just worship freely um and i that's just all of our desires and i was, I was so happy that this camp was uh that could happen and i and if you feel like you don't have the, the that joy if you praise the lord and you 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 worship the lord you will have that joy Amen. and and yeah yeah. It's amazing.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice
3: it is amazing.
12: I <laughs> was really. This one? Okay, I was really fighting the urge not to come up here. I'm sure
13: you were. You <laughs>
6: people
12: were. Um, but this camp for me was really different. Um, I really felt that this camp really wasn't for me in the sense of I had a need and I wanted the Lord to meet me. Um, I believe that the Lord dealt with me and prepared my heart. Actually, when Brother Brother Tim Pruitt, Timothy Pruitt, came. Um, And so ever since then, I was just, my burden was for the campers um, and that the Lord will do something special for them. Um, And so throughout the services, I think the biggest thing for me was that um, the Lord is reminding me of things that he had, he had healed my heart from. Um, I'd gone to the Louisiana camp in April and the Lord did something really, really special for me. And it wasn't even at the camp, actually. It was, it was after. We had had fellowship at a brother's house and there was actually a prayer line that was happening. And I only went just to, you know, see and and pray and somehow I found myself in the prayer line. <laughs> and little did I know it was my time when the, for the Lord to really do something special for me. And it really felt like he was telling me, I have your heart in my hands. And so throughout the camp services that Brother Andrew was, was preaching, it was literally reminding me, he was telling me, I've healed that, I healed that, I healed that. And it was such an encouragement, and we're just remembering so much the Lord has done for me in the past year, year and a half. Um, I had written a song, talked about scars, and one of the, I think the the chorus says, May the scars be a reminder of how merciful you are. May they bring peace in the moments when it feels you're very far. May they always show how grace and love reach down to touch my heart, for you restored and made me whole. Um, And even by the Ryan song, Heal of the Broken Pieces, Means so much more to me. Um, ever since that experience, and so going through this this past weekend, I was so overjoyed because I was now on the other side of experiencing what it, what it really meant for someone's heart to be healed, and now being able to rejoice and now pray for those who were now going through what I had gone through um, was something really special for me, because I've never actually been on that side. Usually at camp, the Lord will touch on something that sometimes I knew I was dealing with or I didn't have an idea I was dealing with, and really being able to experience that full joy of realizing what the Lord has truly done was something really, really special for me, so I really want to appreciate the Lord for that.
13: Amen. All right. Well, so... Starting off, for the last little while, I would, seeing the trend in joy and getting that back, uh, my mom and dad would say to me, where's your joy gone? Um, where's your happiness? And that would kind of irk me a bit. Like, I, I have my joy, kind of, how, kinda how dare you question that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I try not to look. Uh, because I thought I had that. Um, but leading up to camp, actually the night before camp, I was working and Different things went awry, and I just had a couple hours sitting in the truck, and I was, I was thinking to myself, and I felt the presence of the Lord actually come. And back in school, we'd make lists what we want the Lord to do for us at camp. I just kind of made a mental list, and I'd had experiences previously at camp, and one thing I wanted is not an emotional experience. I've had that, and I, can't, I don't want to live from camp to camp, like what I believe you said Sunday in closing. So I wanted a transformation, and I wanted that joy back because obviously I've been missing that, even if I can't see that. So going into camp Friday night, was tired and trying to stay awake in service. And then Brother Andrew started talking about the healing of the broken bowl. And like Andrew said, he, I didn't think I had a broken heart, but I really did. I my That golden oil, I, I wasn't holding that. And uh, I went to the altar Friday night and kneeled down and, and prayed. And I, I didn't feel... What I had in previous camps were the weeping and the sobbing and the crying. I'm like, okay, well, this is different. And then throughout the, the weekend, I I just felt the Lord maybe my bowl was healed and was dumping a little bit of that golden oil back in a little bit slowly at a time. And then uh, the final service on Sunday, I was sitting there up on the platform and service was coming to an end. And was almost kind of feeling disappointed. I was, I was hoping for something greater. But I, I know I was leaving with a, a healed bowl, but... I feel like I felt like there was still more to come and then at the end of the service brother Andrew just said um, in closing you just just stay on the under the influence of this message and I had let I let the wrong things in my life start to influence and yeah I'd been sitting in church but almost living a double standard go to work and you, you come here you sit fine you sing sing the songs but you can be a totally different person and just let the wrong things start to influence me so as soon as he said that I raised my hands said amen I'm like that was for me right there and then uh, he said, "Maybe there's more trophies here sitting here after Michaela went up there, I started praying for, her, and I went up there and then had my head bowed and hands raised, and started praying, and then you came up to me and we started praying together, and I, then that's where I felt that joy just dumped down on me. I, I was overwhelmed, and then I believe we finished praying, and I just grabbed you for that hug, and I', I, I, just, I I'd gotten that joy back. So I just thank the Lord for that, and hopefully that helps
14: Man, well, the devil is trying to uh, tell me, well, yours is not really a testimony, so well, here we are, just telling the devil, I'm saying it anyways. <laughs> um, so just uh, coming up to camp, I felt very burdened for the last weeks, maybe now into a month, and just on my heart, it was just, what can I do for the Lord? I was thinking, uh, and I always when I hear Brother Branham say, you're now almost 50, uh, Billy Branham, I'm like, what have you done for the Lord? And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, he has brought millions to the Lord, and who, who am I? um and then it always it always smites me and the last couple weeks it was even more coming up into camp and um i was just thinking during camp and just enjoying myself enjoying the time of the lord and uh on sunday brother andrew made a statement and that just really stuck with me and it was just keep your focus on the vision and that is what it comes down to it's not that we just have a great time and uh think we're going to be all emotional at camp and all, all wonderful. We, we put a lot of work in and all of that. And it's like it's all good. But what it comes down to is to keep the focus on the vision. And I think we had some very good examples in this church with Brother Ed and Brother Tom and all the ministry to where we can follow in those footsteps. And may the Lord just use each and every one here because the vision ends in the rapture. And I believe we all want to be raptured as soon as possible.
6: As soon as
15: possible. Well, you know how he tries to get you by telling you you're not his elect. And coming into this camp, I was like, I was just like, you know how the, he just comes on your on your case. So uh, when uh, Grandpa was sharing his testimony, um, I was just listening, and he got, he got to the point where he was talking about how his dad had the choice to buy the house or or to, uh, and it was for 5000 extra dollars, or he could have had a, a different option at the time. And one was in Langley, and one was in Surrey. And th- if, he, if his dad would have chosen the one uh, for Langley, Grandpa never would have met Uncle Ken, Auntie Linda, and, I mean, the path for his life could have been completely different. And after hearing that, I was like, well, I mean, obviously, if the Lord did that for Grandpa... I'm Grandpa's descendant, and he's got something in store for me, so I was, re- I was really pumped about that, and then, and then uh, Brother Andrew, on his last service, he talked about trophies for the Lord, and, he, and I just loved how he's, he's going down the line, like, with, with each one, he was talking about Grandpa B, and then he was talking about Grandpa Ray, and then at the end, he said, he said Tommy, you're one of God's trophies, and I was like, amen, that, that's exactly what I'm wanting, so... I believe that God, God is uh, I'm in the book. I believe it.
3: Amen. It's, you think it's random names? It's not random names that are being called out. If there's purpose behind it. Lord knows.
9: So before camp,
10: I've been struggling with spiritual battles, and during camp, on the Friday night service, I think. I went up for prayer and God came and met me and he took all those spiritual troubles away and now I'm healed. So thank God. Okay, so I didn't come up here because I was kinda scared. But here I am. <laughs> i just to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: okay. You talk to me. <laughs> okay.
10: So going to camp, they always say, like, come expecting. And I was like, okay, okay, like, I'll come expecting. But, like, this year is different because I had, like, two things on my heart and I, like, asked the Lord for. And one of them was, like, I want a healing. And the other was, like, I just want my focus changed. And so, like, you the services. So the first night I was in there. Prayed beforehand, and I was like, "Oh, I just like want the Lord to speak to me." And so I'm sitting there, and He's talking about healing, and God doesn't make coincidences. So I was like, "This is for me." And so the service ended, and I just really felt pulled to the altar, and I was like, "I really want Brother Andrew to pray for me, but I don't want to push anything." And so I just sat there, and Eden was next to me. That was helpful. Thank you. Um, and Brother Murphy came and prayed for me. And I felt that was great. Then I ended. Um, and I just really felt like the presence of the Lord came down. And so the next morning, it was Brother Tom's testimony. And that was amazing. But after the service, um, after the testimony, I just was like, not right. I just felt like I didn't fit in anywhere. I just felt like I just couldn't find my place. Like I didn't belong. And so that day was just kind of rough for me. I was like, why am I even here? I want to go home. And so I'm walking to the service. And I'm like, I just want to go home. Like, the Lord needs to change my heart. And so in the service, he starts talking about, like, maybe you feel this way because your focus is wrong. And it was kind of like he was talking about that mostly. But then all of a sudden, he's like, maybe you feel like you don't fit in or you don't belong. And I was like, oh, like, that must be for me. (laughs) And so that happened. And I just could, like, feel like, oh, like, this is for me. And I was like, even if no one else is here, it's for me. And so that night, I had Anna as a counselor, and she was like, oh, like, tell me what the Lord has done for you. And I didn't hear anyone else's, like, answers, but I was like, oh, I just feel like this camp was so personal. And I just, like, wanted to tell everyone, even though I'm the last one here, Um, but I just wanted to tell everyone. And that night, I was like, I still want Brother Andrew to pray for me, and I was like, but I still don't want to push things. I don't want to make it seem like I should, like, open that door. And so it was the Saturday, uh, Sunday morning service, and it was great. Um, I saw my family there, and I was like, okay, like, this could be just like any other like, Sunday morning camp service. But I'm like, I don't believe that. And I was like, this is going to be different. And so at the end of the service, I wasn't really expecting an altar call. I wasn't expecting a prayer line or anything. And then I saw Michaela go up. And he was like, if you don't think you're a trophy, come up, and like, we'll make you a trophy. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't go up. And I was like, because I already believe that I'm a trophy. But then he was like, no, like, let's open it up. And I was like, okay, well, like, that's my sign. And I was like, I'm not going to miss my opportunity. And so I was up there, and I was next to Joy. And I was like, again, like, still want Brother Andrew to pray for me. But I was just, like, praying for myself at this time. And first, like, Brother Jean came up and prayed for us. And, like, I just feel like the Holy Spirit coming down. And then it went on and on. And then I realized Brother Andrew was next to me. And close to me. And I was like, okay, like, he might pray for you, may not. And he came. And I was like, okay, like, double. Like, let's go, for, like, that's good. And so I just started praying. And going to camp, like, that morning, I was like, I just feel, well, the Saturday, I was like, I just feel so low. And I was like, I just want, like, my cup to be filled. And that was my prayer. And I didn't get to talk to him. I didn't tell him anything. He just came and prayed for me. And first he prayed for joy, then he prayed for me. And he was like, you know what's going on in her life. He was like, you know her situations. And he was like, May she have like a refreshment and renewing. And I was like, Oh, like the Lord is so mindful, because that's what I asked for. And then you came and prayed for me. (laughs) And it was just over and over. And I was sitting here and I was like, Oh, like I just want to tell everyone, but I'm scared. And I was like, you know what, like that's just the devil. I'm like, I'm gonna get up here. So A triple portion,
3: Ryan. Not even a double portion. you got a triple portion in prayer.
16: Her testament is a perfect segue to mine. Um, I will start with the ending. Keep your focus on God. Um, The reason I I was kind of hesitant to come share a testimony was because I kept thinking, oh, my testimony is not so much about camp. It had happened before camp. But I want to share it because I think it would hopefully bless somebody. Um, I think about January 2022, so about a year ago, I just had this weird thought that came from nowhere that kind of just said, you've lost your sense of purpose. And I don't even know how just that spirit just kind of bothered me the entire year. And I didn't even realize that it was bothering me. I didn't realize that it was impacting my work. It was just, you know, I would feel this anxiety just in so many different moments. And interestingly, at the same time, people would you know, come up to me and say, oh, wow, you're always smiling, you're always rejoicing. But at the time, I didn't understand what was happening. So I couldn't even explain it to people to say, oh, come pray for me. Because usually I would, you know, reach out to somebody to pray. And it was fast forward to January 2023, So just about a month ago, I just happened to talk to somebody about it. And I said, you know, I don't know what's going on. I, I have these days where I can't even get out of bed. You know, it takes me a while to just even get my day started. And I would have this burst of energy. And all of a sudden, I would just shut down. And the person said, you know, do you think that might be sort of signs of anxiety and depression? And somehow, it was like a light bulb when just just came on. And I thought, my goodness, I need to pray about that. Because for me, I'd never experienced that. I didn't even know what it felt like, what it looked like to even put a finger on it. And somehow I got to pray with some sisters and, you know, Megan made a post. I think it was around, I read it around 12.37 in the morning. And as I looked at the post, it literally said the words, Christ is your North Star. The Holy Spirit is your guide. And as I read those words, the cloud in my mind lifted. And I just remember thinking, wow, wow. I didn't realize I was going through all of that. And so I put a reminder on my phone that every single day I would read those words in the morning. But the devil would keep fighting me, you know, you're just just too much. You put it in there and maybe it's not true. And so fast forward to camp, one of the words that really stuck with me was when Brother Andrew said, "Um, change your focus, get your eyes off the problem. You know, and as he said those words and he kind of talked about depression and all of those things, I just saw God confirming to me that it wasn't just a made-up thing that I saw, it was real. And so I think just you know, listen to all the testimonies, it just for me it was like a pinnacle, like it was just building up to like keep your focus on Christ. Christ is your North Star. And so for me, I just felt to sort of share that because sometimes, you know, people are like, Oh, wow, you look so you're also smiley, <laughs> but then there's just all those things that I'm dealing with that I don't even realize I'm dealing with. It. So I think I just want to say thank God um, for all that he's done, and I'm just grateful for the power of God to just keep my focus back on him.
3: Amen. I bless you, Oak. Oh, all right, you're the last one.
9: Um... I'm really nervous about this, but before camp, I kind of just was confused. I just didn't know what happened, but I couldn't I couldn't raise my hands like I used to and feel something. Sometimes in bed while I was reading my Bible, I'll raise my hand and, I'm be, and I'll be like, where is it? Like, it's not coming like how it used to be. And I had no idea what was going on. I would pray that I want the joy of my salvation, but... And at the same time, I'm like, did I lose it? Like, it might just be something that the devil's trying to tell me, and it's not real. And sometimes I'll have those days where I'm like, yeah, devil, get out of my way. And then sometimes I'll be like, but it might just be God trying to show me that you need to work on this. And during camp on Friday, when he talked about the broken hearts, I was like, that's me right there. Because I had no idea what was going on. And he's like, he said something you can't worship the way you used to, and I was like, "That's it." And it just really spoke to me, and all the other days as camp continued, it was just it was just a blessing.
3: I have to say I, the younger cabins of camp, I just want to say how blessed I was seeing the the, the 12, 13, 14 realm, my, enter into the service beyond even, I'd say, some of the older realms uh, in some cases, but uh, it just blessed me uh, to, to see really all ages and all the way down to just the, even the youngest ones of the senior camp to really press through right from the beginning. So God bless God bless you, sisters there. I just noticed that. And so you don't know what we're looking at, but we noticing, it. And uh, you don't know that it's actually impacting and uh, a real blessing to us. So, it was, it was an incredible time. I, I just note how the theme of the camp, uh, as it was mentioned a few times, you know, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And uh, not, that it was, uh, not that it was questioning or you're, you're, you don't have the Holy Ghost or, you know, obviously there's those that, that needed that in salvation, but so many were, the Lord was speaking to just to bring back the joy, bring back the, 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 the thrill of being in his presence. And that's, uh, that's what then you can be liberated in his, in, in his atmosphere and in his presence. And I just thank the Lord. My heart is full. My bowl is full and running over. And uh, I'm just so thankful for what the Lord did. Worth every moment of time, I'm sure, for our counselors, for all that helped in the kitchen, and all the support. I thank uh, that we had a lot of younger ones, uh, I should say, younger. Uh, couples that were at camp this year, I appreciate that, I, I just, uh, to see the the new energy come up, uh, that's vital, and it just shows there's a continuation of, of life, and that's very, very important, so I'm so thrilled for that, and so why don't we stand tonight, I would, could we sing my tribute, is that okay? It's really just the... How can I say thanks for the things you've done for me? It's a song that would be on my heart to, to the Lord. How I'm sure we we all know the song. Let's just sing this one with our heart. Lord, how can I say thanks? Fathers and mothers, children that have been impacted, hearts that have been stirred. It's the greatest joy of our heart to see our little ones, our older ones, impacted and put on the straight and narrow way. And so I just sing this from your heart and just personalize this to him tonight. How can I say thanks? Oh, how can I say thanks
2: for oh, the things you have done?
3: For me, for camp. To God be the glory. Great things He hath done. A hey, brother Dave? Amen. I told brother Jordan, I said, Not too many winter camps ago, God got a hold of your life. Can't ever forget the testimony after that either. And it's never been the same again. And the life ripples on and liberty is proclaimed, Sister Janet. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, tonight, every word that was spoken, Lord, every word that was unspoken in the hearts of each one, Lord, that would have. Lord, they have their testimony in the heart that they've raised up to you. Lord, but you hear it. Lord, you know the thanksgiving of each heart, said and unsaid. And Lord, I'm sure the theme is the same. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So, Lord, we thank you for the weekend we've had. Lord, may the impact of it, Lord, continue now to ripple through time as we see, Lord, the impacts. Lord, of a, of, an, Lord is of a collision of eternity and time, Lord, as we came through this past winter camp. We pray, thank you again for Brother Andrew and the labor of love, Lord, that he gave to our congregation through ministering your word. Go with him continually as he even labored tonight as well. We lift him up before your throne. Lord, you would just give him the desires of his heart, his little family we praise. He's so impacted our little congregation here. We, we thank you for his life and go with us now tonight, Lord, Go with our people, Lord. As they would, Lord, now as we would go back to work, we'd go back to our our everyday living. But, Lord, may liberty be be proclaimed, Lord, through our lives, Lord, our our mended bowls, our our mended, Lord, lives. But, Lord, we might still have a little, Lord, these, these scars left over. But, Lord, you take our weaknesses. You take, Lord, our, our frailties. And, Lord, that's how you are made you're, made, you're made. you're strong, Lord, through our weakness. And so, Lord, may you take our, our inabilities that we would, might think, our complexes are so. But, Lord, may you take them into your hands. Lord, and you, Lord, be strong through your people. Lord, you be glorified through your people. As we proclaim, Lord, the liberty of Jesus Christ through our lives, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God be with you. God, go with you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you again. Testify to each other what God did, to, did for you. Amen. Not just a camp, but period. What God did for you, period. Amen. God bless you. Dismissed
11: in Jesus' name.
3: So if it is upon your heart, and you feel the Lord tugging on your heart for that, the water is ready. What doth hinder? Amen. So that's on Sunday. God bless you.